listening to The Walkout Live once again from the Wheelhouse VIP Lounge. Very nice. Out here in beautiful Port Wainimi. It's a great place. Well, it, it was pretty flooded not too long ago. Yeah, it was. <laughs> right, it. right outside right here. Yeah, did it get it pretty bad right here? Oh, yeah. I'm, 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 I would, I'm almost for certain um, that someone, you know, one of the employees here could tell you it was probably hard to get to work. Yeah. Um, it was all flooded here. All of this whole... It always gets flooded, though. It's right here by the water. My favorite part about crazy weather in the 805 is inevitably when there's too much water on a street, you're going to see some dumbass on a stand-up <laughs> paddleboard going through checking mailboxes <laughs> like every single time on the news. And it's not the same clip because it's different people. That's kind of cool. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cool. It's crazy. <laughs> I would do some. I would do some shit like that. Of course you would. You know me. You know, always, always some excitement, bro. We're gonna tell you uh, this year got off to an amazing start because I got to perform on my buddy's show, who we're gonna talk to here in just a few minutes. Right. But I got to look across the room and see my brother sitting there in the VIP booth. Sure. Hanging out for the new year. That was pretty awesome being able to ring in the new year with you, my friend. It was. It was really cool. Um, you know, it, that's a little different for me um, in my new year. So I've always done just different things. Um, but, you know, the universe, you know, our God doesn't make mistakes. So for some reason, I, I was going to go to Vegas, but it didn't work out that way. So we ended up staying and, and figuring out a, a cool situation here in town. And that happened to be, you know, you invited us out. We wanted to make sure we had a good seat. And the show was amazing. Great time. Great way to spend uh, the new year. Very nice. Yeah. And it was perfect for me, too, because I was trying to think um, back on some of my favorite New New Year's Eves. And this was one of my favorites because I got to do the 9 o'clock with my kids in Santa Paula, which I love to do. And I've been doing that. I actually used to do stand-up every New Year's Eve. From the beginning, from my very first year of comedy, all the way up until Tommy was born. Very nice. And that's when I was like, "That's that, you know, this is going to be family time." I might have done it the first two or three years, Tommy, when he was a baby, right? Because it's not like, what's a baby going to do on New Year's Eve? <laughs> Stay up till midnight? Not much. <laughs> Hang out with that. Have some eggnog. You can't throw confetti at a face of a baby <laughs> like you can at fourteen-year-old. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it was a uh, um, so it was special to be able to spend that time with the kids and then be able to go and. And be able to be around friends, you know what I mean? Right. Around, like, it's just a, an amazing, amazing way to ring in the new year. Yeah, I'm telling people. you that the show, I mean, for people who were not there, you you, you would have had to been there. Um, everybody on stage was amazing. It was hilarious. Um, and, and, I'm, and I'm not a person who just laughs just to laugh. You know, you have to make me laugh. And uh, I had a great time, man. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, and, and everyone who was there. Um, it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And speaking of everybody that was there, we've got a couple of guests tonight. Right. And they're over in the lounge, and they'll probably start making their way over here soon. Yeah. And figuring out how to uh, put these mics near their faces. Maybe <laughs> I, not. Yeah. Did, Neither I, one I, of them looked this direction the entire time we've been going. <laughs> but I, I definitely <laughs> didn't want to give it away, so I haven't, I haven't said uh, you know, it was part of that show, but yeah, you know. Um, yeah, you got a surprise tonight. We'll talk about that. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I, I'm. Oh gosh, there's so much that is happening right now um, in 2024 um, that I would have not even thought, um, you know, to happen. But you know, that's that's cool. Um, yeah, we definitely will talk about that stuff and uh, what I got going on. Uh, yeah. 
So. Oh, sounds good. If uh, if we can bring to the to the mics our good friends, Mr. Phil Medina, who was the headliner of the big show there in yeah. Levity yeah. Live Oxnard, he's been kind enough time. to join us and hang out. A really, really good friend of mine for we've been friends for a while now. Yeah. Six days. Yeah, so, yeah, something like that. <laughs> when we met well, right if you collect them all, <laughs> you had them all together. Six days. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and then another buddy of ours, you come on in, man, squeeze in here somehow if you can. Yeah, we got a mic for you right so this there, was, bro. This was a special that I did for, uh, this was a special surprise that I set up for Mark. Oh, let's make sure those mics are on. Oh, 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 there we go. Let's get all set up. Um, so uh, a special surprise that I set up for Mark. This is really cool. I can't uh, believe it. Yeah, uh, Langston Butler told me that he was going to make his way out this direction. And as we know, he just turned 21, so... This is his first opportunity to ever hang out at a Welcome. at a cannabis lounge. Was it everything that you imagined it would be? Way cooler than I expected. <laughs> yeah, you're enjoying yourself. Yeah, I'm definitely enjoying myself. Thank you guys for inviting me. And for sure. Thank you for the happy birthday. Yeah, man. Thank happy birthday, brother. So, Phil, you're you've got a big event that you're you're going to be here and be a part of. You're gonna. It, it's the I forget what they call it, but they, it's where they put butter on each other and yeah, they, they roll around in the on the canvasy thing. Yeah, it's actually gonna be uh, <laughs> a uh, hot oil and uh, lots of fat men <laughs> rolling around here at the at the VIP lounge. I cleared it with Z and Sergio, and they were like, "Yes, please, as many fat people as you can find to put in there. That would be a great thing." Uh, KY Jelly is uh, brought to you by Don Chentes. Uh, Don Chentes and Oxnard, try them today. No, it's, uh, dude, we're doing the WWE Royal Rumble here at, here at Wheelhouse VIP Lunch. And now I understand, I know, I get it. Which, by the way, uh, I know you're not a big wrestling uh, fan. I was at one point. And then, but and they then lost you got me. laid. I told you what happened. <laughs> I, I hit an age where I, I started critical thinking earlier than a lot of my friends were. Like Six. my friends. Yeah, well, I was watching Cheers while my friends were like watching, you know, Sesame Street and shit like that, right? So I hit this little area where I was critical thinking, and at, there was a time, a period of time where everybody was trying to tell wrestling, dude, just admit. It's like it's like the OJ thing. Just admit you fucking killed them. Like you've already gotten away with it. Just admit. It, you know what I mean? But wrestling would not. They were relentlessly. No, it's real. It's real. real who would, at that who time. would say it was real? This was in the WWF days. It was when, when if, if I, and I would never say to Mark, hey, what you do is fake. But <laughs> if, if I went to Mark and he's a WWE or w, it was WWF days. Right. And said, hey, how real is wrestling? And then he broke my neck or choked me out. How many times did that happen? It happened a lot. Yeah. I know. It's true. Uh, look at Richard Belzer. <laughs> yeah. Ask yeah. him. Well, yeah. he's dead. But uh, I think that had something to do with it. <laughs> he was in a wheelchair for a long time. Was he? In the la- later years. Well, maybe that was just maybe he just had somebody pushing him around. That might have been yeah. <laughs> He was lazy. He was yeah. actually in a rickshaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you get that NBC money for that many years, you can get some you can afford somebody to And, push and you, you get around. Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon money. because uh, he got he got he was put in a uh, just a regular front face lock that'll put anyone to sleep. And Hogan did that, and he, then he dropped him in the back of his head oh, <laughs> dear. cracked on the concrete. There's actually video of that. Yeah! Wow, yeah. we gotta go. We'll, we'll have to. Uh, yeah, I don't think that. you want to like tell like a wrestler. You, you know, hey, is it real? Because for some reason they uh, are provoked to show you how how real it is. And you know, I agree. So here's the thing: uh, is it fake? The injuries aren't fake. If you go no. look up Sid Vicious leg break, that's definitely not fake. Right. Uh, the injuries are real. The athleticism is real. Right. The uh, the only thing that's that it's predetermined. 
And we know that it's a, it's a television show. Well, you wouldn't it's, be able to do a lot of the things that they did do if it wasn't predetermined. Uh, both of us right now are wearing uh, football hats of our favorite football team, which is also as we are seeing this in 2023, which seems to be very predetermined. Nah, my team's doing good. That ain't true. That ain't true. My prize pick says different. My quarterback's I've been not fighting, that. and things seem to be kind of predetermined Ooh. on something. Yeah, I've got to forward you. I got to forward you a video of his fight and get your take on it. Tell well, definitely, because I'm a huge combat sports fan. Huge combat sports fan. With WWE though, and, and which uh, it's it's such a uh, it's television. It's good television that that, that I enjoy watching, and, and not just me. There's 80 million other people that love professional wrestling uh, in the state that it's in today, and uh, to bring it to Wheelhouse for a watch party is bananas. Because I saw what they were doing with the UFC. I'm like, well. Let's see, the WWE and UFC, they're both owned by the same parent company. Maybe we can see if they got a similar fan base. Yeah. And it seems like we're going to sell this event out by the end of the week. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very uh, good. Well, it's only 40 tickets we could sell. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's going to be fun. But it's we just went to WWE. As I, I, we were talking. I was texting yeah. you back and forth. Yeah. I went to the LA Forum to see WWE. Non-televised event. 17,000 people sold out. So great. Yeah. It's still a great venue. Million dollar gate on a non-televised event. Have yeah. you ever participated in an event at, a, at the Forum or have gone to an event at the Forum? I have not, but I actually grew up right next to the Forum. I'm oh, did you? It. Yeah. Oh, we got to get you over there. There's always, because they still run through a lot of fights. I think I've seen Bellator there. I've yeah, seen, I've, I've seen uh, Combate seen was it. there once. I've seen a few different promotions there. Yeah. We gotta get some, and then uh, UFC's coming back to San Diego. We got to take a look at that card. Better believe it. We got to be in the house there. So okay, so there's very few tickets left for your event, right? Yeah, l- less than forty tickets left. Yeah. <laughs> less than forty. <laughs> no, no. So it's it's not. That's a, a lot, low ticket warning. That, that is a very low ticket warning. Uh, but that's uh, but again. Because of the marketing that I'm doing behind it, with everything that I'm pushing it with, as you saw the New Year's show, you I'm don't, sure yeah. we'll talk about that. But it was, uh, yeah, man, it's. Um, I wanted to bring that here because I think that there's a there's a market for it. Plus, open bar. Yeah, the yeah. open bar situation. Mark can attest um, to that. Mark's been here for open that. bar. Yeah, you come here, you you know, you pay what fifty bucks, and you're inside. I mean, and they treat you great here. So I don't. You can't beat it. Period. Fifty bucks, and for WWE, it's forty and forty five. It's wow. cheaper. There you go. And oh. like, like I was telling them, you know, for UFC events, you got to pay for those. Yeah. And those are, uh, because of the atmosphere and, and the location, it's anywhere between $800 to $1,000 to order it on pay-per-view. WWE, PLE is free. It, oh, it's, nice. It's on Peacock. So it's already in, 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 the, in the black. It's, it's already making money. Right. There could be two people here, and they're making money. Yeah. Nice. So it's, uh, it's, it, was a, it was a no-brainer. I've worked, for, worked with, I've worked for Wheelhouse for going on six years now. Yeah. So, it's, and you remember when, when all that started, but... Um, and you're yeah. a, lot, a big part of, like, when they do a lot of their uh, giving events and their, their charitable efforts as well. That's a, a big part of uh, what makes our community go around is is companies like Wheelhouse being out there in the forefront. For sure. I mean, they, they uh, Z invited us to the Boys and Girls Club breakfast that they had out there at Spanish Hill, or I think it was Spanish Hills, you know, just a few weeks ago. And, and just Wheelhouse is always in the forefront of just making sure that these... These local causes are being tended to. It's important for Wheelhouse to do that. It's it's that's part of their mission statement and their their pillars in their business is give back to the community. And there's a lot of dispensaries in this area. And I, I've worked here for and I've worked for another one, as you know, before that. Mm-hmm. 
nothing is like wheelhouse. There's nobody else out there. It's not just because I'm currently working for them. I would say this if I didn't work for them. There's nothing like wheelhouse in, in any area that I've been to. I've seen dispensaries in Vegas. I just did uh, some dispensary yeah. stuff over there. Nothing like wheelhouse. No, it's you, all, everything's for profit. We're th- here. It's for the community. Yeah, yeah, you see them in a lot of community stuff, and I mean a lot. Yeah, it's, it's well, I mean, they there's articles on it. They you know they're in the paper, so it, it shows. You know that's you know it's top. So that's really cool. I'm not trying to put my arm around you. I just I got. Oh yeah, you don't even like, worry about it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> You're good, brother. You're good. Speaking of Vegas, yeah, I've got the good. like the least uh, what are they ergonomically uh, correct mics that you can imagine. Yeah. If, if you can point it towards your face, and I can just turn it up too. How's that? Is that better? Oh, that's great. Because yeah. I, I hear feedback and. I'm also an audio guy, just like you, Daddy. Do you hear feedback? A little bit. Oh, it's only on that. Thing. Okay, then we're good. As long oh, as it's I, turned this. Yeah, I should be. As long fine. as I'm not, I don't want to mess up anything. Nah, you ain't. Because I want to get comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I want to get comfortable. Yeah, it feels like okay. I'm, I'm hunched you know over. Uh-huh. I'm over getting my abs in today. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, that's enough. Well, so we what go. were you saying about Vegas? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I used to live in Vegas actually, and it's taxed on everything. If, oh yeah. If you're not a local. If, For you're, sure. if you're a local, everything's discounted. But if you're not a local, so anybody that's visiting, there's a crazy tax amount. Yeah. I mean, they have uh, they have some good situations out there. I mean, if you're going out there to uh, party and partake. Um, but like he said, I mean, it, th- you're in Vegas. Yeah. They're, they're there to take your money. And I doubt that they're going to give you back any part of it whatsoever. So, you know, that's that's why. Yeah, they don't have a community. It's not really a community, Vegas. Vegas is more like a... A machine. It's like for sure. Get your get people coming in. Get their money. The suburbs is is uh, is pretty community. My brother in law used to live there. Henderson. Uh, they hated tourists. Yeah, Henderson. Like, yeah, you're right. They, they they did not want that stadium to go up. I mean, you know, it's the Raiders, so of course I can right. see why. Uh, we have a different team. Uh, it'd be different, but uh, they didn't want that stadium there. I, I'm sorry. I just can't help myself sometimes. Uh, are you a Raider fan? No, nah, I'm not even a sports fan, really. Okay, you're not. Besides right? combat, no. Okay, yep. dude, what is wrong with these Raider fans? They like they think they won the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, had to get that out. I, uh, I went to a Raider game um, at the Raider Stadium, and it was funny. They lost. <laughs> yeah, it happens um, more than often. I saw so many of the fans fighting amongst each other inside yeah. the stands. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because somebody dropped the food stamp, and the next thing you know, it's just. <laughs> It's ever since we came out of COVID, people cannot hold their shit together at public events. No, it's, Rams fans are the worst. Yeah, well, there's a lot of Ram, and it, Rams fans. Another that's like one of those, see a lot. Do you see those fictional jerseys? characters that I didn't see hardly any of. You know, five years ago, all of a sudden they're everywhere. It, you know, I, I actually at Levi Stadium. No, I'm not talking trash or nothing, but at Levi Stadium, they were fighting each other over there. Oh yeah, Niner fans. Why? Ever since the Niners moved from, because you never, the only time you ever saw that at Candlestick Park was when the Raiders were there. It was right. Niners and Raiders, and Niners fans, you know, played into it just as much. But um, once they went to Levi Stadium, it was a totally different atmosphere. I have a story for you. It's kind of crazy. So I went to my first game at Levi Stadium. I was on the field. I went with Carlos Alves Rocky, and I wore a Joe Montana Pro Bowl jersey. And if you know anything about football, the NFC's colors are blue, and the AFC wore red in the in the Pro Bowl in those days, right? So I'm wearing this Joe Montana jersey, wearing it all day. And as I was leaving the stadium, there were these two young dudes sitting, and they were like sitting like they looked like um, 
I don't even know how to describe it. They just look like they wanted to start trouble. You know what I mean? They just look like they wanted to start shit. So the, the dude goes, hey, what kind of jersey is that? And I go, I said, it's Joe Montana in Montana. And he goes, good thing. I was going to kick your ass. Wow. <laughs> like, and I go, man, good thing. <laughs> the, dude, the two dudes together weighed like maybe half of what I weigh. So I wouldn't have had any problem just like banging their heads together a few times. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Three stooges out there. <laughs> like, good thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, dude, I, you know what, man? I, I think that I went to Levi Stadium when they actually first opened, too. For WrestleMania 31. Wow. Oh, yeah. Dude, that was that was a wild event. And all I did was make fun of people in the audience. Because wrestling fans can be some of the dumbest people yeah, I've ever seen in my life. Uh, grown men. Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> that's me. Uh, no, but they're getting all excited, jumping around, dressing up like characters. I'm like, can't you just watch the show? <laughs> it's so funny because the, 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 uh, um, the MMA fans are not like that. Like, they're totally into, like, the action that's going on. They are, but you, you get... In MMA, you get, like, people who don't fight, won't fight, but they'll tell you everything about oh, what yeah. you should have done. Oh, and that's oh. more annoying, because if you're trying to watch, tell me they're standing there, sitting there, like, oh, do this, you should do that. It's like, shut the fuck up, because you, <laughs> you don't even know anything. If I grabbed you right now and choked you out, you wouldn't even know how to get out. So, is, that, is that confusing at all when you're in the cage and there's other people yelling stuff at you, too? Oh, dude, I it's so weird. I've learn to just tune out everybody and just hear my coach's voice but before I used to hear all types of crazy things there's <laughs> there's fans yelling twist his <laughs> I'm not even gonna finish that but wow yeah. <laughs> sorry i'm already gonna have to bleep enough as it is yeah, i've already like, dropped the f-bomb like, like nine yeah, times. i'm not gonna finish that <laughs> that's why they yell that at us when we're doing stand-up too <laughs> true yeah stand-ups turned into but that you guys are good if when people like you know blurt out you know stuff you guys catch them good and get them to shut up and i noticed that's pretty cool to interact and you're doing your show and then somebody blurts out something stupid and you guys are like boom shut up like you guys hit them really hard so i like that you guys have that interaction i have a record for working with the smash brothers and uh, throwing people out of the shows because <laughs> they, they get mouthy uh -huh. and then Corey and chad will be like hey phil you know uh before you came along we never threw anybody out of the show. You're like at 19 already. <laughs> Smash Brothers are hilarious. Yeah, aren't they great? Oh, man, that's 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 some comedy right there. That was a special treat to have them right here in Oxnard oh, yeah. for New Year's oh, Eve yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, have Brother Phil there, Smash Brothers, all the people you on on the bill. It just was. Yeah, it was Denise like a Carter freak dancing me as she brought me to the stage. She's funny. Okay, she, now. Yeah, Denise is funny as shit too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was it. Was really really cool. Yeah, we know. I we caught that in the mon in the monitor in the back. We we're like, whoa, what's going on? What's going on here? I just did though. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy Davidson, I think, got mad at me because he because as he I introduced him to the stage, the first the very first night. You know, you do like five six shows with those guys, and um, the very first night he goes, dance, dude, dance, and I was like. I'm not, I don't dance on stage, you know what I mean? So then I just started doing some really stupid thing, and then he goes, nah, nah, like that. And then the rest of the time, he didn't ask me to dance. <laughs> he's a funny dude to talk to, though, like if, like off stage where he'll he'll have stories, and he's not even trying to be funny, and they're hilarious right. just because how he talks. <laughs> yeah, just his character. He's funny in general. <laughs> Who's one of your favorite people you've worked with over there? I remember you really... Yeah, I remember you really liked Theo Vaughn. You even called me after working with him. Theo, Theo was really was. nice. Theo was very funny. It's some of the stuff he would say 
where if anybody else said it, you'd be a little offended. Uh, but the stuff he said to me, I, I, I'll never forget it. And I laughed. And he goes, and then it was just like nothing. Like he just randomly says stuff. And uh, I, I thought it was the funniest thing I ever heard. Uh, but probably my, my favorite one, hands down, Steve Trevino. Yeah. Steve Trevino is such a, a, a book of knowledge and gave me a, a really, because, okay, you know how his comics, uh, we all sign the wall, right? We think that's like, oh, how cool is that, sign the wall? Well, he, uh, I'm sitting right where I signed the wall. He goes, he looks up, he goes, did you sign this wall? And I'm like, uh, he goes, I hope you didn't. I was like, nah, I sure didn't. Covered my name. <laughs> and he goes, does Dave Chappelle walk into the comedy clubs and sign the wall? I'm like, whoa. He goes, don't sign the wall. And I'm like, yes, sir. I won't sign the wall. And, uh, and I look at any comedy club you've been to, Steve Trevino has not signed that wall. Steve Trevino is amazing. He's one of those guys that will absolutely root for you, too. He's not threatened by your success. We were, me and Langston were talking earlier about how, about how ego gets in the way of success. Because, like, the Southern California, if you, if you don't mind going, like, kind of through how there was, like, some splintering of the camps, and then all of a sudden everybody's all separated. Oh, yeah. There used to be, a, um, like, a lot of the SoCal MMA fighters, a lot of us used to train within the same gyms, but now everybody branched out and created their own gym because right. there's these, all these beefs going on and everybody has these ego problems instead of making each other better. When, in my opinion, I think California could have the best fighters in the world if everybody just gets over their ego and we all just work together at that goal. It's very true. I mean, if you went out to Texas, I get the, you know, I get the privilege of going out there and, you know, being around four-ounce guys and being around all these other guys in the UFC. And when I'm there, they cross-train all through Houston, mm -hmm. Dallas, Austin. They, they, they train in different gyms. And... Um, that is a benefit. Um, that is definitely a hindrance here in California, and you're right. That's why we don't have um, as many you know, tough fighters that come from here or such a big name because everyone has their own cliques. No one wants to work together, so everyone technically just pulls each other down. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of horrible in fact. You know, the funny thing, everything <clears throat> you just said, bro, doesn't that sound just like stand-up? It does, absolutely. It, it's 100% the same way. Egos get in the way. Uh, California, you would think, would be the the place where this is this is this is it. When right. you're in Los Angeles, this is where everybody's cool. But it's not like that at all. You know where they're like that in Texas. And I still to this day think the best comics come out of San Antonio. Wow, that's and cool. it seems like comics are starting to move towards Texas. Right, a lot of comics are, and I, I mean a lot of it's the Joe Rogan effect. But there is a lot of comics that you are going. You never would think would leave L.A. that are heading that way. It's pretty Steve wild. Trevino lives in Texas. Yeah, he was one of the first ones one to do it. He's been there a while. Yeah, he was. He's a really good dude and and so funny. He he's the best I've ever seen uh, for an hour and a half. Now I've worked with a lot of people. Like I don't want to mention names. Maybe after we're done, I'll tell you. But one guy I worked with. Geez, we we he a four hour show. We're doing karaoke at the end. Which wins was that? What, uh, <laughs> uh, it wasn't the one you're thinking. Uh, it definitely wasn't Shantae. It was Shantae, Jr. Doesn't, Shantae doesn't run the light. Shantae and I were one of the very, very close friends. It, it, it we, was, just have, we just have drifted apart. We're still friends. but it was. Uh, we, we, we were doing karaoke at the end of it, and people were just walking out. It's like 2.30 oh. in the morning. Why? And it's wow. like, you're an A-lister. What are you doing? Let's get out of here. I want to go home. I got a long drive back to Oxnard. Was there any comics that 
And you don't have to answer this. Well, I definitely will. I don't care. So were there any <clears throat> comics that you got lined up with where you're like, oh, this this person's going to suck because maybe they're more famous for something else, and then they kind of surprised you that they actually had more comedy chops than you expected? Yes. Way, yeah, and, I'll, and uh, I won't mention his name, but uh, again, I'll tell you when we're done. Uh, YouTube comic. Yeah. YouTube comic, and I was like, everybody was saying, this guy is not good, and you're going to blow him out of the water. And I'm like, okay, dude, and, and I've been doing this 15 years. This was this year, or last year that it happened. Uh, I did not do that great. They were definitely there for him. Uh, he went up and murdered. I have seen so many YouTube comics that it's ridiculous. They are mm-hmm. like the Charlie Zilinoff of uh, the, the Russian guy who thinks he's a boxer and he's really not a boxer. He's a YouTube guy. Have you guys seen him? Oh, Charlie's yeah. The- dude, I used to love that dude when he first started. <laughs> and then I started thinking... When I, re- when I realized that he actually believed what he was putting out, that's when I lost interest. Real I, when I thought it was shtick, I was like, God, this is really brave comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, you guys are starting to talk about it. I remember that. I remember little, talking about Little yeah. scrawny dude. Yeah. He had a and big he mouth, slip people. You're like, right. He, he would come and knock gym, some. And yeah. You want to spar? And yeah. then like, just, <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, my God. So, so that's what, that's what uh, and Tom, you, you've seen this with YouTube YouTubers or TikTokers, they go up there, they're not good. They don't have the time. And in stand-up, it's like, like being a fighter. You have to have that stamina. Yeah. You've got to have the time. If you don't have the time, you just charge everybody $30 a, a ticket for 10 minutes of right. material. And it's not good. This guy, uh, I became a fan. And I became a fan of how he was, how he conducted himself backstage. Because That's... I've worked with some TikTokers. We talked about one that I, that I saw in Pittsburgh. Uh, that did not conduct themselves to the best uh, of their ability, and they were. She was a horrible human being, and wow. and and when we uh, we left, she was humbled. Um, this guy didn't need that. He was so good, so smart, uh, very religious for some reason. Excuse me, uh, very religious for some reason, and that was uh, that was shocking. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was really really good. He was huh. a super nice guy. Shocked me. Yeah, the, the YouTube, it seems like the YouTubers that I've worked with had huge entourages. Like, they, they needed to be surrounded by people who were telling them they're doing a good job yeah, or whatever. Exactly. And, and uh, there was a little bit of a, um, like a life, like a lifeboat thing to them where it's like, oh, I could always call so-and-so out and say, hey, this is the dude that you know, jumped out of the trash can at the mall and the, you know, like they, like they have that to go to. So I, that's what I experienced. Like it seemed like they, a lot of them had a lot and, of, and stories. not even to be negative. Cause it's, it's, we're, we're just telling it like it is. I'm sure you guys see fighters who are nowhere near that level. And they think For that they're sure. there. They think that they're there because they can beat me up. They think that they're there. <laughs> and, and we, we've worked with someone that again, we're not gonna mention names, but Who's a YouTuber or a or a Insta, whatever social media guy, and yeah, they they think that they're at this higher level, and then they don't they treat veterans like trash, and That's it sucks. Wild, you know what I'm talking about. I think what happens a lot is people they reach a certain level of success, and then they just don't. And I and I'm sure that there's a degree of this in fighters where they. You know, they start reaching a level of success, and then they're training a little bit more on their own. With mm-hmm. the, like, they're no longer training along with the team, alongside the team. They're there in the same building, just not at the same times right. and stuff like that. And I and I saw that a lot over at um, at Garcia's over there. I used to th- saw that quite a bit. But um, 
I forgot where the hell I was going with that. <laughs> well, you know, that's the dangers of doing podcasts in a in a in a cannabis lounge. That's no, and that's okay. Uh, no, but you know, I think too with um, with. Oh, that's what it is. And I think they protect themselves. I think a lot of comics get to a certain level, and they protect themselves by trying to put comics that aren't very strong in front of them. Do you know what I mean? Hundred percent. And, we just, and you and I have always had the exact opposite kind yes. of a way of doing it, where we try to put comics that challenge us. Corey and Chad uh, told me flat out, listen, you better, because I, I tour with those guys, okay. and they're like, you better hit it out of the park. We want to make, we want you to make it so hard for us that that that's the only wow, way you're going to grow. Cool. They like that, to walk out to like a shark tank. They like to walk out to people just ready to go. And, and you know where they learn that? Ralphie. Ralphie, yeah. Ralphie told him. Ralphie would, would. They have not threatened me, but Ralphie would like tell him, uh, "Hey, baby, you better. You boys better go out and kill." As a matter of fact, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out first, and you guys close the show. So Ooh, I got a I got a headline night, and I like to bring the Smash Brothers a surprise out of respect. Right. Um. Well, what Look happened? Look who's here. We were just talking about you. We was. Yeah. You took. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, <laughs> Our host, we were just talking about Denise Carter. She walks in. So the, uh, the, with, with them, uh, I have a show coming up in Bellflower, and, and Corey told me, he goes, hey, you're going to close the show. We're going to go up first. We're going to do 20. You're going to do 45. And I said, that's not necessary. He goes, it is necessary because it's, it's, it, what we're trying to do for you is what Ralphie did for us. Yeah. That is unheard of. It's the program. We just had a guy uh, open the Dirty Show in Ontario. Um, he's an opener for a probably the most famous comedian right now. Yeah. Young guy. I know who you're talking his about. Name, his name starts with uh, whatever. Yeah, I know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly who it is. Dude, and I'm like, I was surprised that that opener was as, as not as strong as he was. Uh, I'm like, you're on the road with him all the time. I think, like, I, I, think I hung with you that night. Yes, you did. Yeah. Were you shocked too? Uh, no, because I've seen that effect. That's the effect of comedy. The the like, I hit a certain level in, in comedy where I do pretty good just about every time, every and time. not a lot of people want to fuck with you when you're like that because it's it's either I'm gonna have to stand outside and hear everybody go, man, you were my favorite or you were my, and not not that everybody's gonna have that effect. But they don't want that. They, people don't want to go through that. So you get in this weird place where you don't have an opener spot, but I don't have the following or I don't have the whatever to, to like be out headlining every night. And I definitely don't have the time to be out doing that. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a weird place. And, and the, what they're doing is they're doing what I call like the program. Right. Is, you know, we've, we've talked about with George Lopez and my buddy Tom McGillan. McGillan brought him out on the road, kind of got him used to it. Lopez had a, a work ethic that was probably even stronger than Tom's because Tom likes to, you know, <laughs> chill out and <laughs> look at the stars at night. But Lopez pushed and he would hang out at the, at the, hang out at the radio stations and he would push and he would do all this media. And then next thing you know, Lopez is one of the first comics in years selling out arenas. Right. And he brings Tom McGillan out to open for him. Cause that's the, that's the program. We kind of look out for each other as we find each other along the path. And, and that's the thing with, and I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I do apologize. Uh, with, uh, don't hit me. Um, <laughs> the thing, the Smash Brothers remind me a lot of you, Tom, because when I first, when I first came here, nobody would give me a chance. They were just like, oh, no, no, we're not, we're not interested. Not interested. And Tom 
somehow, I don't even know how we hooked up. But uh, Tom was like, hey, I'll put you on my show. It was, I think it was a, a, a grinder app, if I remember right. It was like... No, I'm kidding. Mark scooted away from me. (laughs) My brother scooted away from me. (laughs) Yeah, come closer, Daddy. I'm locked in here. Locked in. You 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 showed me so much love when I first got here, and it was it was so weird because I was like, okay, like, what does he want from me? And and it was because I had been in the game already a little while. Yeah. And then for you to show me that love, and then Tom made sure I got my first room at Ventura Harbor. Actually, uh, he co-signed on it and said, "I promise it'll be full. He'll yeah. he'll, he'll fill it up." And I and wow. I and I called and uh, and called certain ownerships out when they fucked with your money at times, yeah. and when there was different uh, things like that. And it was like I think that that's how it's supposed to work. Right. I think we're supposed to look out for each other. I just remember it was on social media. And you, that your attitude towards comedy was very similar to mine. Because I had a point where I was having this anxiety. And we've talked about this with The Cage, where I was like, I'd have this anxiety, and I wasn't sure what to do with that energy. And then when I got into this mode where I would stare down the mic like it was my opponent, right. it was a, my buddy Joe Sanfilippo kind of was like, hey, you got to look at it as an excitement instead of a nervousness. As I would stare down the mic, that's what I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to literally fight this thing. And you get this attitude going out. So when you would say it's clobbering time, it reminded me exactly of what I'm going through, stepping up to the mic going, you're in for it tonight. Yeah. I I remember one good thing at the New Year's show that Phil said, and he was like, um, he's toured around with all kinds of people, but it took the Smash Brothers to finally like recognize and take you out on the road. And I just was like, that's just how it is in everything where like, you could be around a bunch of people who they got it all. They've been there back around and they will not bring you up and they'll be your friends. They'll be smiling in your face. Um, but it takes like one special person who sees it and they're the ones who bring probably somebody you wouldn't even expect to help you. Yeah. It's the person who helps you. And it is just, just kind of like it, it, it's happened to me a tons of times. And I when I heard that at the show, I remember just kind of like, I just took that like fuck. Even Phil has has had that happen to him. Where we were talking know. about that before you guys came in with Langston and his journey ending up with uh, with UFC legend Joe Daddy. Yeah, that's that's exactly how the fight game is. It's it's weird. The the people that you think will help you out don't help you out, and the yeah. people that you never would expect to help you out. They're the first ones to be at your door to make sure. sure. Come on. We all knew John Jones was more interested in cocaine and hookers than he is in helping you. We know better. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sounds like a nice guy. Oh, my God. I love no. God. No, but, but it's true, though, because Joe Daddy doesn't need to be coaching. He doesn't. He doesn't have to be doing that. He Coach. can be out making more money with his, especially with his charisma, his personality. He can be, because coaching is not a, a rich man's game. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Daddy has all the accolades to do whatever he wants in this world. He's ex-UFC champion. He's, he's done it all. Won season two of The Ultimate Fighter, which not many very people can say they won The Ultimate Fighter before. Yeah. Or even competed on it. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, he's a good dude. Nothing but respect for my coach, Joe Daddy. For sure, yeah. Every yeah. time we, we, we are in the vicinity of each other, it's always a great man. You know, really cool. So, mm-hmm. you're lucky. It's cool. He's telling him that he, when he came by the booth, we're like, yeah, we're like, hey, we want to talk to you on your way back in. He's like, hey, I'm going to 7-Eleven. You guys want you guys anything? Want anything? And we're like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's now cool. we're Threw good. Threw us off guard. Thank you. Yeah, it was cool. 
Yeah, real cool. And speaking of Sparstar, we're going to be back at Sparstar coming up just a couple of weeks. That is coming up on January 20th? the 20th. That's yeah, right. January 20th. We'll and we're going to the be there live. And we're going to have, we're, we're not going to be broadcasting live, but we're going to be catching up with a bunch of our fighter friends. Everybody I in believe the house. Our, bu- our buddy, Mr. Butler, is going to be over there with us as well. I For sure. And if anybody is in the house, you guys are going to be looking for you know fight gear anything that has to do with training uh, of course i will be in the house my fight shop will be there so of course that's uh you know that's my store that i have um i'm gonna have the pop-up there next to the um next to our setup for the podcast so come by check us out everything from gloves to mouthpieces to hand wraps to shorts to Everything. Even if you're just a fan, even if For you sure. don't need gear, and there was a couple of people that did that at the Collectors Expo that bought right. gloves and got them signed by like Chris Beal, yeah, and because Tabitha and all. That. I tried. I try to keep some things that you know, so you can a, a person can buy something and go get it signed for memorabilia. So you know, I it's it's you know, there's stuff for every person for every you know facet. I've got to double check, but I think we might have Tony Cortez signing at the My Fight Shop West Coast that table would be as awesome. well. And right speak, are we allowed to talk about yeah, your yeah. relationship with him? Speaking of Tony Cortez, uh, me and Tony are training tomorrow morning. <laughs> nice. He, got, nice. He, he does some sparring with Tony. Oh, yeah. All the, I mean, That's some iron sharpening right yeah, there, he, bro. He's, he's, I follow him on Instagram. Um, he's a real cool dude. He, he fights constantly. He's always sharpening his, his skills, always boxing, always doing, working on his wrestling, Muay Thai, everything. So... Yeah, you're gonna have a good time working out with him for most sure. Most definitely, most definitely. Now, yeah, me and Tony, we actually, um, we both teach out of the same gym, the Zone Fitness Facility in Riverside. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And Tony's what, like, he's like 15 and 0 now, or something like that. Like he's like just got this. He goes out and it's like seconds. It's not. It's not like. You don't get into minutes. No. You don't get into rounds. It's like seconds. No. And he was just plowing through everybody. He has and he fights a, for Combate now, but I don't. I mean, I'm not sure how long his contract will last. But there's going to be a lot of people offering him. Some his time. mentality is that he is not going to be fake and be your friend. He's going to. He's supposed to fight you, so he's not going to come out and he's not going to shake your hand and he's not going to be like, "Oh, have a good fight, good luck." He's going to be like. F you, I'm going to knock your head off when I get in there and kick you in your mouth. <laughs> That's it. Not and yet. truthfully, he goes in with that attitude and he comes out <laughs> the winner with that same attitude. Naya, me, me and Tony are kind of like completely different people. I'm, right. I'm, I'm kind of a nice, yeah, I'm, I'm, a yeah. Nice, I'm a lot nicer guy, but, and the way I see it is, I don't even know you. Why, right. why do I have a beef with you? you right. I mean? But. But I think some people have to do... Ronda Rousey was one of those people that had to find a reason to hate her opponent. It was very bizarre. Because you could tell by when she would talk, she would get into these conversations, yeah. these interviews, and she would speak in nonsense. You're like, what? <laughs> she did, what's your cat? What are you talking about? But she, she had later had talked about how she had you know, studied Mike Tyson and wanted, learned how to sell a fight. So she just started talking crazy. You don't, you don't get crazier than I'm going to eat your kids. Like, that's about as crazy as you yeah. could get for selling a fight. <laughs> Fighting was, uh, for me, I guess it's not, it's one of those things where I, I don't hate you or I'm, I'm not going to get angry because I like to use calmness. Yeah. You got to yeah. be calm. So if you're calm, you're going to win this fight because I'm not going to use anger. I'm not going to get into it with you. Not that, you know, it, it wouldn't help me a little bit, but no, I just 
rather be calm. So you was too calm in that first fight. That for I sure, and I was scared. <laughs> that ended in a knockout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I didn't even know was gonna happen. So that's, that's what so I mean. Great. Yeah. How calm you can be. I never knew that was gonna happen, but it came very easy. And after that, they always tell you as a fighter, if if you do it one time, then you know that you can you have a knockout punch. And it's true because it's happened in other fights that I've had. So it's it's true. Once you see that you have knockout power, you remember what you did. And you use that same thing, and it just happens like clockwork. Man, that's crazy. But my favorite thing about Tony Cortez was that, so we were doing, we were calling the fights kind of like as a companion piece. And so we had a booth there, and we're sitting there, we're broadcasting, and Tony's grandma is at the fight, and she thinks we're the DJs. Yeah. So she's wanting to know when her grandson's coming up. She tried to get us to change his walkout music. Yeah. We're like, we don't. We're not controlling yeah, anything that's going on in this building right now. She was a nice lady, though. She, she was, is he fighting next? We're like, hold on, let me get the paper free. Yeah, he's coming up. No, two more fights. We're but sitting there talking. He has a huge following, though. Like, you know, in the, the, at the MMA fights, that's not like, um, people are like family. If you go to boxing matches, a little different. So I work for 360 Promotions, and they, you know, that's Tom Loeffler. They promote a lot of you know, big boxing matches. Now, you might see someone get into a fight there because this is boxing. There's actual rivalries where people do not like each other, and these dudes have to cross each other in, in L.A. So, you know, L.A. against L.A., it's it's a big rivalry. But if you go to the MMA matches, it's kind of like a, a family deal. Everyone's fairly chill, and you don't see fights. You know, everybody kind of fights, and they, they shake hands, and there's a, you know... People are actual, you know, know each other in the fight circle, so it's kind of a, a really safe place to go. I was telling Mark on a previous episode, so I worked for a football team down in San Diego a few seasons ago, and part of my job was I had different different uh, things that I had to gather before I would go get ready to because I I was the on field PA announcer, and so um, the locker room was so uncomfortable. But anytime I go into an MMA locker room, it's it's so comfortable because everybody's in their own little world They're, You know, nobody's really worried about you. You know, coaches are like glad to see a, a, a new face because they've been sitting there looking at the same dudes bouncing around nervously for the last five hours since way in. And nobody wants to drive all the way back home and come back to the right. Venue. You know, it's, it's, it's a, um, it's a really cool environment. And I think that that also kind of like, um, it, 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 you can see it out in the in the crowd like you can it, it goes out into the the entire event right. I guess is what I'm saying true very true yeah so like I, I mean I know that I have um, I have a opportunity to fight two times this year um, one could possibly be up north and the other one is in Houston both of those fights are uh, gonna be pro fights so you know, I mean, I'm I'm 46 right now. I by the time I'm 50, I, I want that to be the thing that I have. That I I did my pro fights, and uh, that's where I want to be. You're 46, but you've got a young body for 46 because you haven't been fighting a lot. Nah, I haven't but been. Nah, no sports, no nothing. That's why when Phil asked me, he said, you know, you have a sports team. I'm like, no. And everyone who knows me knows that. Like, <laughs> we start talking baseball, football, soccer, whatever the hell. I, I don't, I have no idea. But if we start talk, talking combat sports, oh, I, I, that's the only time that I ever took interest in sports was when it had to do with 
fighting. The commission should take that into account, like how much, how much history, you know what I mean? That's, that's something that should be taken into the, account. The problem is commissions don't really get to know us. They don't, no, not at all. They don't, they, don't, they don't care about the fighters. No. Most, most promotions do not care about the fighter. They just care about the fighter coming to put on a show for their <clears throat> promotion. Yeah, that's cool. It's funny you talk about the commissions. Do you know that is why the WWF came out and said, "Hey, we're sports entertainment. We are not legit." Good for it them. Was the commissions that that because Damn. the sports commissions were strong arming them, as especially in New York and New Jersey and California, they were strong arming. And Vince McMahon in 1986 said, "Hey, listen, we're predetermined. We're we're just we're no different than the circus." Right. It's the same thing. We the, the guys aren't really getting hit, and we shouldn't have to pay a sports commissioner anymore. Uh, and yeah, a, a judge ruled in all all of those states that yeah they, they don't need a commission. Damn. Just like so anything almost. else, any other kind of bureaucracy, the commission is so messed up. Well, they're for the murky. it's for the money. That, yeah. That's really what it is. And you're right. They don't care about the fighters. Yeah. They don't care about uh, anything except for uh, the fighters' check, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's. Well, I had a fight up north one time, and this promotion, they were supposed to book our hotels, and for some reason, our hotels were not booked when we got up there. So my coach, he got on the phone, and he did everything. Batiste Manzuri, I, I love Batiste. He did everything in his power to make sure we got our, in our rooms that night. If if it was any other coach, in my opinion, we would have been sleeping in that car. Oof. Yeah. Yep. Have you ever had to sleep in your car for comedy? Uh, okay, so you're going to think I'm a spoiled brat. No, I've always stayed at the Marriott. Uh, because oh, that's I, right. I have, you always I had family. A, I, have yeah. a friend. I am a, an associate at the Marriott. That's right. Wow. And so, means- so my rooms are $49. That's, that- <laughs> yeah, so, so when I go out of town, when I do road gigs, uh, Corey and Chad will stay at the, the condo. Yeah. And you stay at those condos. Yeah. Uh, they always I, got the one guy that doesn't even uh, Yeah, doesn't use they use the carpet speak. as a toilet. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be like, uh, I'll see you guys, I'll be at the Marriott and I will so I've always done that. I'll tell a promoter like, Hey, what's the what's the budget for the hotel? Uh, it's a hundred dollars. Where are you staying? Motel six. I'm like, give me the hundred yeah. and I will upgrade my hotel and then I just stay and it's I paid thirty nine to forty nine dollars. And I keep getting a couple extra bucks. So when I when I was coming up, I I did a lot of San Francisco where I would MC and the MCs didn't get put up, and so I would get like, and you only get I think I was getting like three hundred dollars a week, and so I lived in Sacramento. It's about a two hour drive, two hour drive back and forth, but I would always get a hotel like Friday night and Saturday night. But it didn't make sense to get a hotel for Sunday or Thursday. So Thursdays, a lot of times I would drive back. But sometimes I would just sometimes I would just sleep in my car on Thursday night and just wait till I could go check into my hotel room. You know what was bullshit is that when we moved out here and I would get like a El Centro gig or a San Diego gig, my wife would expect me to drive back. Yeah, and I'm that's like, tough. dude, do you know how far <laughs> that is? <laughs> Not like, doing that. And I did. I had to because she'd take my card. <laughs> oh, dang. I would rather I would rather drive back right after a gig because you usually have like that energy that keeps you going. Right, there's like some fuel. I'm sure that's got to be that in the fight game too. Oh, oh you better believe it. That, but, that, that after fight adrenaline is the craziest feeling. But the been. dump of of the adrenaline from fighting, you get most time you'll get sick. You'll catch a cold because your body is susceptible. Like you, you're up so high, and then. You're good, and then like an hour and a half later, you come down super hard, and you just don't. You feel like trash. Yeah. Like your body hurts, your fingers hurt, all these things that you didn't feel when. Oh yeah, all the injuries start oh, to set they in. They start yeah. come leaking out from everywhere, and you're just hurt. 
you're just not. So yeah, you're right. You get home quick, cause by the time you know you you, you come down, you're just not feeling too good. This is a dumb question. After a fight, what's better, a hot shower or a cold shower? It's supposed to be cold. It's supposed to be yeah. cold. See, that's what I would think. Yeah. For recovery, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. Cold shower. What do you do? I'm not trying to get in your bathing habits, but what are your... <laughs> <laughs> Me, personally, I, I do like hot showers, which is why the last few minutes of my shower, I'll just put it completely cold. That way, I get, a, I get, a, I get, I get the best of both worlds. Got you, got you. Right. For me, um, I just would take a normal shower. Um, I only use cold water to heal. Like, so I, I know any, anytime I'm like messed up, all right, let me get in the cold ice bath. But more, more than that, I'm just going to take a normal shower. Tom, did you tell them how we used to take ice, ba- ice baths together when we were kids? <laughs> <laughs> they fit like two dozen ice in there. That was about it. <laughs> <laughs> they broke one tray and they started spilling out on the floor. <laughs> Dude, I, I got to tell both of you guys, uh, I have a huge respect for what both of you do, and I think that's absolutely amazing. Thank you. And I have been a, a combat sport fan my entire life. Not just WWE, but I was actually, uh, I actually ordered the very first, well, I stole the very first UFC pay-per-view, and wow. have been a fan ever since then. <laughs> and when I got kicked out of, off a of cable, I jumped right over to uh, Satellite, DirecTV, so I could watch right. the UFC. Somewhere along the line, I stopped watching. Uh, to where I'm not as into it. I'm definitely not into it at all today. However, the respect level uh, for both of you guys is absolutely amazing. So. Thank you, brother. No, of course, man. It, yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, what there's no other sport like what you guys do. It's it. Your team is with you, but when it's go time, it's just you. Yeah, it's just. It's you, not man. like in the NFL. It's not like uh, baseball. It's not like basketball. Uh, it's just you. Right. And and uh, that's huge. No, yeah. I was I was talking to Tom earlier, and I was telling him. And every other sport, you can kind of maybe slack off a little bit. Right. You have your teammates to come lift you up. I was like, in the cage, there is no slacking off for me. The second I make a mistake, lights out. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like... There's no room for error. Yeah, there's no room for error, whereas you can make a mistake on the basketball court. You can make a mistake on the field. Because sure. yeah, you're trying to set yourself up to take the shot. Yeah. But you don't, you, you don't have anybody set you up to take the shot exactly. when you're fighting. you got to take that shot. But I was thinking about something, though. Even though they, you know, wrestling is predetermined, you still have to have respect for, um, you know, the, the amount sport of body butter that they put on each of guys. So, so you gotta remember, you gotta, um, if you've never watched uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, I love it. Okay, I love so, Dark Side of the Ring. So, I texted you through some of those. So you're, so you watch that, and they're telling you, they're telling you what they're going through. Yeah. Would you call that fake? Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with calling, like like you said, predetermined. You're yeah. the winner, and you're going to be the loser tonight. But you cannot say that that's not yeah. real. That is real action, real people getting hurt. And when you listen to those stories, um, if you have a chance, go see the Iron Claw. In the mo- in, I seen it. This it'll tell you the story about the the, the uh, Van Eerdings. The Von Erichs. Yeah, Von yeah. Erichs. They, they they'll tell you the, these guys, man. It, I don't know. I mean, fighters go through a lot of stuff. Yes, we do. But you got to have some respect for wrestling and what they do. Because if you go look and listen to them, they are, man. They're athletes. There's They're no athletes, question about it. Sure. And I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i say the perfect example right here, especially because your, your audience is mostly MMA fans. Yeah. Go back and watch. Mostly fighters. <laughs> we got a lot of fighters. Go, so they'll, they'll understand this. Go back and watch. 
WrestleMania 11. Not the whole thing, but watch Lawrence Taylor, a, a, a grade-A athlete. Oh, yeah. Could not stand up by himself after. And he said, it was the most exhausting thing. I have played 60 minutes of hard football. I could not get to my feet. I was so exhausted. He went to the, to the back and puked for three minutes. It's like I could not coke wow. my way out of that situation. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he wrestled a 400-pound uh, huge wrestler who was more athletic than he was. Who was it that he Bam fought? Bam Bigelow. That's oh. right. Okay. So he wrestled Bigelow, and it was... Lawrence Taylor said, if you think that this isn't isn't real athleticism, you are crazy. That man weighs over 400 pounds and is an athlete. I've never seen an athlete like him. Yeah. And that, that's what it is. And in the WWE, those guys, yeah, definitely it's it's predetermined. The characters are larger than life. Look at CM Punk. That's one of my favorite wrestlers. In the UFC, he was horrible. Yeah. He was horrible. Yeah. But you know what? And people that, that critique Punk, I always say this. I've never been in any kind of level of that fighting. I can't sit here and be like, ah, you suck. <laughs> you were uh, a pretty good wrestler in the tub, though. Uh, he, he was. He, he was. He was a wrestler in the no, tub. No, I said you were a better wrestler <laughs> in the tub. <laughs> he, uh, I was, that was a callback to our ice our uh, stop. <laughs> uh, he wasn't. Uh, he he, at least he did it. You know, oh yeah. yeah, you know he at least he got out there yeah. and he did it, and sure. and more than once too. It wasn't twice. like he got yeah. his ass kicked twice. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. He said, "Well, let me go make sure that wasn't a fluke." Okay, that wasn't a fluke. I'm and, gonna and, go back. And he cried the second time, but yeah. And and, and to, to Joe Rogan's point, because Joe Rogan did a whole segment on this, um, but he ended it with what? But he did it. You know, yeah. he did it. And if he were to go into any locker room. Uh, in the WWE or even the NFL or the NBA, he's going to beat the shit out of that person. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's what's going to happen. So it's uh, wrestling is is it's amazing. I wish Tom, I really wish you were into it, and and it it, it hurts my heart. <laughs> I was actually going to invite you to come with me uh, to, to WWE at, at the forum, but um, you said now you're out. No, he wouldn't return <laughs> yeah. my calls. <laughs> like, oh wow, I'm busy. Pippi Longstocking's on. <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, watch wrestling either, but uh, one of my training partners, Jaylene, um, Jaylene Roblejo, if I'm sorry if I didn't say your name right, but um, yeah, one of my training partners, Jaylene, she's actually, she she does amateur wrestling, but she's also um, an MMA fighter. She's the current champion for Epic Fighting. Oh, wow. nice. Yeah, okay. yeah. But yeah, wrestling's very real. Very it's very real. popular with uh, MMA fighters too, because Shayna Baszler, who went, later went on to become a um, a wrestling fighter i think she's still with wwe she's still with wwe and she's 42 years old and she's still like she's still killing it i met her at an invicta event she was with uh jessamine duke and um marina shafir it was ever everybody except for wrestling now oh is she she for a much lesser than wwe but it's uh she is there yeah, they she, were. That was their thing, though. They were. They like. That's not. A, that's not like a new thing. They were totally into wrestling back then. Ronda Rousey, huge wrestling. Yeah, fan. right. Uh, but yeah. doesn't doesn't know how to keep her mouth shut about wrestling fans. She uh, because wrestling fans are very fickle. They're very uh, Monday morning quarterbacks. Right. Yep. Uh, all they should do this, should that. Like, dude, you're, you're fat. Relax. <laughs> like, I would never critique. Like, what are you talking about? I don't look stupid. Um, <laughs> But wrestling is, uh, it, Tom. I really would love to take you to a wrestling event. I'm down. I'll go. And, and we, because you know, we were going to go to WrestleMania. We went to WrestleMania 39 at SoFi. Nice. And 83,000 people the first night, 85,000 the second night. Damn. That those are numbers that 
pro pro sports teams are not pulling off. Right. Uh, the Rams have never had that many people in their in their at SoFi. I, and I still believe that the Rams give away a lot of tickets to influence. They definitely do a lot because there's a lot of famous Rams fans that didn't like the Rams back in the day. Right. <laughs> yeah, dude. Those, those 500 sections are not filled. They're filled by the Boys and Girls Club, dude. They're You're like, right. You're right. Yeah. It's funny. I, there wow. was somebody that was raising money for something, and, um, and I'm not going to go into a whole lot of specifics, but he asked me if I wanted tickets to a Rams game, and I was like, no, I think I'm good. And he goes, he goes I've got 250 of them. Nobody wants them. Yeah. 250 wow. tickets. Wow. Yeah, it, it, th- those those things that, that WWE is able to pull off with their marketing, with their, with their global presence... Um, look, we talked about it when Vince McMahon became the num- number three for Endeavor or for TKO. Uh, the first thing he and Dana White were at odds for years, right? And Vince now is Dana White's boss, right. and and got UFC the Saudi Arabia deal. Dude. That was Vince that yeah, got him that see. deal, and they're like, and he they want Vince negotiating the TV rights for UFC coming up. So are you right? Go ahead. I'm, oh, I got, I got, I got, oh my god! I got a cramp in my leg. Oh jeez! Oh shit! You want me to suck it out? I rub it out. <laughs> It'd be funny if Is I wasn't a com- if I wasn't a comic. I was just a homeless person just sitting here. Like, <laughs> You're gonna have my co my co-host and my uh, and our and our guest never come back. It was way too much going on. Way too oh, much personal man, information being shared. <laughs> no, I have my. My legs start cramping up, and I was trying to be quiet about it. And then, you know, my feet, I've got like size 15 and a half feet. Do you really? Yeah. Like when I move my feet around, it's not like an easy thing. It's like trying to dock a boat in a. <laughs> trying to move like levee. a sleigh. Sl- 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's, um, you, uh, you're talking about UFC in San Diego, right? Coming up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, I-, I would love to go to that. I will buy tickets. Let's do it. Let's go. I would love to go on a field trip to San Diego and. And do it, and that's I'm my, really sad. Dude, that's my old arena. I would love that's... for you to come to the Royal Rumble event. Yeah, I, fact, would I will to... buy your ticket. I, I would come. love for you to be here. I will come. We'll, we'll swatch it because I invited my other best friend, and it's not gonna come. Not gonna come. No. He has his kids that night. <laughs> I know what the real reason is. Yeah. He's like, I'm not watching these he guys. Knows, he knows me <laughs> on Saturdays. He knows. But but uh, I would love for you to come. It's gonna be a fun time. It's gonna be an open bar. I will cover the ticket. You come out and have a good time. I and got you, bro. Awesome, man. It'll, yep. be, it'll be a really good time. And I'm going to give away some of my WWE memorabilia, memorabilia stuff. Now you're giving away a belt? No. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> belt. Though, though I, have, I have four replica belts. One of, two of them were over 1000 bucks. So, no. I love Wheelhouse, and I will not give them a belt. Yeah. He has a whole bunch of WWF, like old school WWF bath toys that he's going to give away. <laughs> I have cute. one that John Cena autographed. <laughs> <laughs> you guys both have like all why kinds does it, of why does King Kong Buddy smell like zest? <laughs> <laughs> that's coast. That's coast. Not zest. <laughs> why does King Kong Bundy? <laughs> oh shit! You know he tried to get into stand-up comedy. Oh, King Kong Bundy did. Yeah, right before he died. Oh really? Uh, yeah. There's a lot of wrestlers that crossed over in comedy, but nobody that's really. That's bullshit. I hate that. I hate that, dude. I hate that because you worked you, with a few of them, though. Mick Foley was was very nice. Uh, but when they wrestling was always protected, you couldn't just break into wrestling. Yeah. And here come these schlubs like trying to break into stand up comedy. Yeah. It's like, bro, really? And you're not funny? Uh, Mick Foley, great guy. Uh, yeah, they jump out and collectively take like 40 uh, improv weekends a, a month and, or a year away from comics. 
I will mention that Jake Roberts is a dick. And I'll uh, probably delete that from the podcast. <laughs> did I said that? No, that I oh. said the, the improv thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's all right. But I will say Jake Roberts is an asshole. That's uh, a bummer. I'm he, sad to hear that. He wanted me to work with him, work for him. And we were at Levity, and I put most of the people in there. Yeah. Because I just know how to market that. And so he goes, hey, brother. You worked with him the second time around. The first time he didn't have very many first people First time around. he didn't have any people. His daughter, I worked with his daughter uh, to get him more people. And she's like, if anything you can do to help, I go, I know. They sent me a check. They were great. However, uh, my buddy Alex Enzel worked with him. And I heard some stories. So I was like, hmm, he's not that nice. So he came in. And at this point, this is like 2019. So I'm getting a lot of headline nights already with the improv. So he goes, hey, brother, uh, like what you did out there. I want you to come work for me. I said, oh, yeah, I would love to. But we got to talk because I'm already getting headline nights. And, and for me to come work for you could be a, a, a pay cut. He goes, I'll take care of you, brother. I said, all right. Oh, I'm in. But I ain't carrying no bags. And he goes, what the fuck did you say to me? I go, I ain't carrying your bags, and you know exactly what I mean. And he goes, get the fuck out of here. And like, he threw me out of the green room and everything. Wow. I thought I was going to get in trouble. I thought really that they were going to, like, Levity was going to be pissed. Wow. Yeah, didn't was work. Was that it? So, yeah. yeah, there's some of that. The I, I used to call it big dicking, where the, where the headliner <laughs> would bring somebody out on the road and expect them to arrange all the, and it's okay if that's your agreement going in but if you're like okay i want you to go down there have all my merch set up before sound check and you need to get up and watch the same movie i'm watching at the same time and go eat the same restaurant i'm eating like there, there's wow. uh i've there's you've done you've been through it and you've seen it i haven't really been through <coughs> it on that level like at, when when i was at laughs unlimited as my home club as an mc I would hang out a lot with headliners and like offer to give them rides and stuff like that. And there was a lot of that where it was, I mean, I'll be honest, the, co- the club paid me to drive them to radio and stuff like that. That was this, part this of my... Was, this was Laughs Unlimited? Is yeah. that where I just, where, where, where I was just at? Different owner though, back, yeah, yeah. back in those days. Yeah. Hey, can we tell them that story? Which one? The one that, that happened with me. At, you tell at, whatever story you want. It's your right. story, though. Check this out. So we were at Tom's old club, right? Laughs Unlimited. Okay. And I had already been a little, pre- not from Tom, but I had been already like, hey, just be on your best behavior because that man, that owner is like, she can be something else. And I don't even give a fuck if Yeah, we never even talked about it ahead of time. Yeah, so, so I get over there and she tells, because a lot of what I do is I interact with the audience okay. and I'm very quick-witted, so I, can, I do that. Well, she, uh, she tells Corey and Chad, Tell them no crowd work. Cut that shit out. So they tell me, and I'm like, fuck that. So I do it again, second show. A lot of crowd work. She goes, if he does that again, he's out of here. And, and so Corey goes, dude, stop the crowd work. I said, okay, I will. I promise. And like a gentleman, on Saturday, I went and did 30 minutes of crowd work, and she oh, lost sh- her mind. She was so mad. She came up to me. She came to hand me my check. I go, hey, thank you so much. And she dropped it right in front of me. I was like, (laughs) She prides herself on being fat. She she has a wall. (laughs) She has a wall of people that she's fired or will not hire again. And she prides herself on that. And she shows her little friends that, uh, you know, the the comics that'll hang out. Well, if her friends are like her, there ain't nothing little about them. I don't care if I ever Comments go back. Comments made on the uh, podcast by Phil Medina are not representative thoughts of the walkout or the walkout or his crew. <laughs> yeah, this is all my thoughts. <laughs> and you know who you are, guy. <laughs> you know who you are, fella. <laughs> well, I got I got fired from the club for a gig that 
wasn't even she booked it but it wasn't even at the club it was at a um it was at an outdoor gig they send you these contracts before you go in and it says you know absolutely no drinking before this show apparently it's a trigger for this lady i thought i'd make a joke about it right and so i got there early you know so that she because she seemed like she was going to be uptight or whatever and then she's like is there anything to get for you and i go just point me to the nearest bar and i'll be back in 20 minutes <laughs> she did not make eye contact with me the rest of the night and then after the show which i had i mean i have the audio the set was fine it wasn't my best set ever but it was a clean set outside with a bunch of chickens watching like literal chickens not i'm not calling people chickens like literally it was out in fair oaks she emails me in the middle of the night she goes you have to know that things didn't go well i think i have to and she fired me from a gig that i had scheduled for a few weeks away i keep in mind that's in my hometown and like i had family and all this whatever and this, like she didn't even have the the decency to call me like she was at my wedding like she was like this is somebody that i knew and was around my family so i've never talked about this before wow it's it's so wild dude and for her to fire listen i got fired from an na event it was like 500 people there and the and i was headlining the show and what i said was like and we were at some in like some place in arizona it was weird and i go Man, if I was going to relapse, it'd be right here. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, that did not. Agree. Really? Yeah, they fired so, me. I was supposed to do a second show, and they brought in uh, Darren Carter. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Get your flashlight. We have an emergency. <laughs> he um, breaks out of a case. <laughs> I did a, an NA meeting in, um, in Ventura, and it was like in an old, like, um, like it, it was obviously like an old auto maintenance place, like a small one. And so the first thing I said when I went on stage, I go, wow, this is a dream come true. I said, I've always wanted to perform in a, I've always wanted to perform in a hollowed out Jiffy Lube in front of a bunch of people that don't have weed. And they oh. fell out, dude. It was like, a, and they, they loved it. It was, it was a fun gig. That's a good one. Yeah. Just got to get... Just not talking about relapse your first second in, maybe. <laughs> I was like, wow, what is this place? Right like, into it. I just went, I go, man, if I was going to relapse, it'd be right here. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so so we we've, we've we've dealt with some stuff, and 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 by the way, thank you for having me on. I really uh, this has been a lot of fun, you, bro. Yeah, we got to do our end of the year awards. We haven't haven't done that. Do we have any? Uh, let's first go with our fight of the year. Did you have a, a candidate for fight of the year? For sure, it, the fight of the year that I thought was uh, Adesanya and Piera. Oh yeah. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because these two had a rivalry that came from Muay Thai. That fought, he got knocked out. He follows him to the UFC and knocks him out, and then he comes back and knocks him out. <laughs> but it's also more of a story with these two because um, Adesanya actually had a lot of animosity, not for Piera but for Piera's son, his little son, because his son was there when Piera knocked him out in Muay Thai. And his son made fun of him there. Mm. And that's always yeah. stayed in Adesanya's mind and heart. And he always wanted the chance to get him back. So right. he did. When he knocked his dad out at that UFC fight, he found the little kid. That's right. Pointed at him <laughs> oh, and fell yeah. on the ground and knocked himself out so that he can remember <laughs> that. And so I, um, that, to me, that was the, the greatest like, rivalry and fight. Two knockouts, one for each of those guys. That's where my award goes. What about you, Langston? Do you have a favorite fight of this of the twenty twenty three? 
Mark just stole my favorite fight. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Like you said, um, the history behind it is just insane. And I know, I know how good Izzy felt just getting that knockout. Because I already know how good I feel after a win. So imagining the history that you would have between, well, me, me picturing the history that he had between him and Pereira and the beef that he had with his son. I, I couldn't even fathom yeah, how happy he was. Yeah. yeah. Well, when that little kid was crying, bro, it was the best thing in the yeah. world. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, ah! <laughs> that was the first time the country all at once was like okay with a kid being shamed like that. Yeah. Like we were close all good up on it. the face. Yeah. Sure. What about you, Phil? Did you have a favorite fight of the year? Yes, absolutely. I sure did. Uh, Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania 39. Man, that wow. was, it, it, was it was amazing. A lot of butter was shed that day. <laughs> In front, in front of 85,000 people, and I was there. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, uh, no, I, 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 like I said, uh, I don't know, Tom. <laughs> I was going to go with like some uh, Natalie Nunn and some Bad Girls Club Atlanta oh, wow. fights. I, <laughs> I love Natalie Nunn. I watched that with my lady. That's there. There's more fights on there than UFC every week. <laughs> it sure is. It, hey. Seriously, though, the fight of the year, my brother and his wife. That was probably the best thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> She has got coming. a mean hook, bro. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, wow. Never seen a guillotine put on like that before. Never. <laughs> How about fighter of the year? You got a fighter of the year? Uh, let's see. My fighter of the year. Uh, well, you know who my fighter is. You know, I, I, I got love for John Jones, but since we haven't really seen much of John Jones right now, um, man... I don't really have a favorite fighter right now. No, nobody. Nope. What about nope, you, Langston? Yeah, fighter of the year. That's that's a hard one. That's a hard one. I feel like I'm gonna go with Natalie Nunn. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I feel like a lot of fighters in 2023 accomplished a lot of things. So it's kind of hard to just categorize one and pick. Yeah, who my favorite was. I didn't watch enough fights this year to to pick anybody to win anything. Yeah, and everybody lost. So I think you skipped me. Um, I know. I was, I, was, I was coming to you. I think you skipped me. No, I wasn't going to skip you. Did you have a favorite fighter? Or a be, do you have a fighter of the year for 2023, Mr. I sure Tomadino? did. It, it's going to be Cody Rhodes. Cody, Cody Rhodes. There it is. <laughs> we, all, we have a favorite quote of the, of the, of the year from the UFC, right? What is it? Yep. See if I can oh, my right cousin? <laughs> hey, everybody. Really nope, quick. that's Just not it. I love when you do that. That's a, yeah, that's another podcast that I produce. Let's see. Don't it? make it to the fight. You lose the fight. I guess all those fucking memes worked. <laughs> That's it. My cousin's wild. Kevin bro. Holland. Matter of fact, <laughs> calling like, out Ian Garrity and his. Uh, I'll, I'll give Kevin Holland a uh, fighter of the year award. Yeah, he. You know, my cousin yeah. worked. He 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 worked his way back from a crazy injury. Yeah. Um. He's always you know fighting through adversity. Great dude. Um. Don't ever want to run up on him because he's not like he's uh He's not like he's a great dude, but he's not like somebody you just want to run up to um, because he is very skittish and he's might liable to punch your lights out. He's so, nuts. Yeah, he's, I remember the first fight that I really took notice of him. He talked the entire fight time. nonstop. Yeah, it's um, big mouth. Yeah, that's that's his thing. It's big mouth. He's gonna talk himself into fights. He's gonna talk himself into uh, everything he can. You know, 
And it's, he's the only person I saw that knocked somebody out from sitting down position sure. too. And he, that he was knocked amazing. out a monster. That that person he yeah. knocked out wasn't no bum. This that is Jacare, was wasn't it? Yeah, like, that's a Hall of Fame. That dude's like you know, he's a serious fighter. Yeah, knocked him out from the ground. So yeah, my cousin's a fool. Do we have anybody want to speak uh, on fight announcements or anything like that coming up? Any uh, any direction? I keep you guys ahead? posted about the fights that are coming up. Um, you already know, January 20th, I'll be at Spar Star, but I'll be there with my boy Tom. I'll be there set up with my fight shop, um, running the podcast. I do have the new gym opening up. Um, it's already actually open this week. We'll have a soft opening uh, Saturday, which is just uh, come by, visit, check it out. This um, week? Yeah. This, oh, that's quick. This yeah, so, oh, I'm going to bring the kids by. Yeah, so it's... Um, you know, uh, acquired a gym that is in Newberry Park. Um, that gym was Ken Rose Muay Thai Warriors, and we're gonna keep the legacy of of uh, Ken Rose Muay Thai Warriors going. Um, it's been a 26 years. Um, that's you know, it's like something that you can't just you can't just come in and then put your name on, on a stamp on it. Um, everyone in that whole vicinity um, knows him and. He passed the blessing off to me and, and, and my crew, my coach, um, and, and also Dennis, Coach Chapman. Um, so we're just lucky. We're just grateful to even be able to have, you know, have the space passed over. We got a huge space, you know, with, uh, you know, full boxing. Um, I, got, I got a boxing ring. I have a half, you know, half cage so we can do wall work. I have mitt, a uh, whole mat. I have bags. I have stuff for lifting weights. Um, you know, 2,700 square feet filled with, you know. Got a reason to come to town more often, my for brother. Sure. So, Most definitely will be yeah, so, by. Are, are you hiring right now? Because sure. I, I would love to be a punching bag. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got the custodial gig if one has opens up. No, 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 no. I, I like want... the late night. <laughs> you can hit me and uh, I'll just, you can just swing me from the thing. I'll be fine. <laughs> That's amazing! Congratulations, really, and, and to you, have that 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 legacy behind that is, is really awesome. Yeah. I would love. We should go. Why don't we go work out at his gym? We'll pay. <laughs> I mean, you. I, that's the. I tell him all the time. Uh, you know, when you're a friend of mine, it's ne- it's not always about money. Of course, I've had to learn over time. Pe- time is money. So yeah. But when you have friends, the the one thing about martial arts is it's supposed to be taught to all. Bruce Lee said it. He it's supposed to be taught. And if it's good, then um, money will come. Um, but you know, at the in the beginning, you're just supposed to give it to anyone who wants to learn it. Um, you know, you, you're saving lives with it if you think about it. So, um, anytime I have friends, family who say, "Hey, I want to start. I want to do," I instantly tell them, "Come down. No, it's not about money. It's it's really not." Because if you didn't have money, I would still teach it to you. Do you have any fight stuff coming up? Um, yeah. Speaking of fight news, um, January 27th, um, a bunch of my teammates will be fighting for UNF. That's so I'll be, out, I'll be out in Los Angeles for that event. And in March, I have my IKF Muay Thai title fight. There you so, go. Yeah. It's out in the IE. We might get out there and try to get the kids out to see that one. Yeah, it'll be out in um, Ontario Convention Center. So. Yeah, that's good. That's where they hold all the IKF, yeah, which is fun. Yeah. So well, what's the date on that, that again? I believe the second of March. Yeah, I'm down correct. to go. I'm down to go to that. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely go to that, bro. It is a good time. Uh, you see a lot of fights. You see, you know, and it's it's supposed to be point 
based so no one gets hurt, but that's not what happens because when when one person gets hit, the next part, next thing you know, somebody's knocked out. And but it's it's awesome. It's a great. Time. Oh yeah, I, I remember I was doing um like you said, it's quote unquote point based. I was doing one of the fights and. As soon as the fight started, the dude came out swinging like yeah. super hard, and I just kind of looked at my coach and then looked over at the ref and the judges, and everybody just kind of gave me that head nod, like the okay, and I was like, cool, and I finished the fight from there. So yeah, and I knocked out opponent there at IKF. Yeah, and it's supposed to be point based, but point. it happens. <laughs> you, you, you get a clean shot in the face, and you just happen to fall down. You, you ran into them over there, didn't yeah, you? Did sure. you run yeah. into yeah, him and Vegeta over there? Yeah, yeah, that's where I see them a lot at those tournaments. And those tournaments are good for beginners, um, for people who just want to find out, wh- you know, where you're at in the sport. Yeah. You can do boxing, Muay Thai, wrestling, jujitsu. They have it all. all I've, so I've seen people there that are actually current MMA title holders. Right. They're that there. are competing there. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah, there's celebrities, too, that are getting into that. So you see a lot of uh, celebrities that are trying to I be competitive. I would love to have a celebrity. I'll knock your block off. Oh, yeah? You're going to wrestle Chris Pratt? Or, or not wrestle him, but uh, you're going to Muay Thai him? Man, I will fight I will fight anyone. I want to fight those damn Paul brothers. I want to fight whoever those Paul brothers have some legit fucking. I will legitly fist. kick their ass. <laughs> I have I have all the faith in the world in you. I just said I will legitly kick their ass. Oh, no, legit. Jake Paul, Logan Paul, two on two. Yeah, there you go. See. Well, there I'm sure go. they'll be. Do, I'm sure they'll be uh, headlining a, a Levity Live someday soon. <laughs> well, you, you know, Logan Paul's a WWE superstar now. Yes, they oh, is he? He signed yeah. with the WWE it's and a- for like some crazy amount, like. Wow. $50 million for over five years. Wow. I give, so he doesn't even need a box anymore. Yeah, I give those dudes a lot of props. You know, all jokes aside, what they've done for mixed martial arts fighters, uh, what they're doing for, like, boxing and boxers, it's a big deal. They're making sure that these guys are getting the money that they deserve. So, you know, yeah, all jokes aside, those dudes are doing a great thing. And it's awesome that they get to be uh, wrestlers as well. Because it's not like they they suck. They don't. They no. know what they're doing. It, it you know they, they have fans. So at the end of the day, yeah, like you just have to let that be known. That's uh, when uh, my friend Maureen she knows, she fights out of Florida, and she was telling me that she goes, people kind of underestimate these guys. No, they they're can, actually putting in the workout. They there. can really fight. Yeah, they put the. They work. can really fight. If, 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 if you just assume that they're taking the shortcuts and you no, know. they're not. They know how to fight. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Well, I can't wait to see what, what the year has in store for you in the cage, my friend. For sure. We'll see. We'll sit back. I will definitely keep everybody, you know, posted on these pro fights, which way I choose to go. Um, and, you know, stay tuned. Now tell us one more time about our event coming up here at Wheelhouse. It's the... The WWE Royal Rumble uh, watch party. That, sound, that sounds so much like there's bathtub <laughs> bubbles You're involved. horrible, dude. The Royal the, Rumble. The Royal Rumble uh, watch party going to be here at Wheelhouse VIP Lounge. Tickets are on sale now. Just send me a DM at Comic Film Medina on all social media platforms. And... Uh, we're going to be doing all kinds of crazy giveaways, raffles. I think Z wants to give away a bong. I'm going to give away some uh, memorabilia from the WWF days. And uh, it's going to be awesome. The winner of the Royal Rumble challenges the WWE champion, whichever he chooses. And, uh, yeah, there you go. Let's say hi to Denise really quick. Denise, you want to come say hi? Sure. We were just saying happy. We were just saying happy New Year to everybody, and we, uh, we were talking about the New Year show. We were glad that you were able to join us. 
Oh my God, what an opportunity. What the energy feel. Tom. It was awesome. You it did a was great like, job. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm Denise. What's your name? Mark. Mark. Yep. Nice to meet you. I Very think nice. I met you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And what's your name? Langston. Langston. Mark, Langston. Had, Mark had a VIP booth right in the middle of the room. That's right. And uh, Langston was in the IE at the time, but he, he's here now. Okay. Well, you know what? It's good to see you guys. Yep. You know, you guys are sitting here just chilling, and my goddaughter's her birthday, and we just came from Mandarin House. And she's like, hey, what about that lounge? She's like, don't you know people over there? I said, well, come on, let's just go on over there and see. Nice. Look at it. You guys are here. Do you have, any, cool. you have yeah. any leftovers from the restaurant or no? Like <laughs> maybe some garlic bread or something? Maybe? Hey, let me tell you what's know. funny. So, Will's ordered some egg flour soup and some um, egg rolls. And the lady comes over. He said, I didn't order no egg roll. You order egg rolls. Oh, no. You order egg rolls. Oh, no. And she argued with him, and that's all everybody talks about at night. Every time. When she brought his food, and she left his plates in front of him, like, because you order egg roll. <laughs> she was funny as hell. Thanks for stopping by, Denise. So good to see you. Thank you, Denise. It was great you. ringing in the new year with you. You know you order them egg rolls too, don't lie. We know. <laughs> Good night. Well, you got some editing to do on this thing. <laughs> nah, we. I'll put it up like it is, man. It's, yeah, that's part of show. That's part of a lounge show. You know, like when we do the shows live at the. At the fights, man, a lot of times they'll put us next to a speaker and you, yeah. they've got the bass blasting, so we got to move and all that. But we leave it all in there because it's part of the atmosphere. That's awesome. Sure. And that's what's great about the Zoom products, too, is they kind of have a good duck down where it's not too obnoxious. None yeah, of the background we've, stuff we've is We've been obnoxious. in some crazy situations where we're like, this show's about to be horrible. We, we, we're, and we'll play it back. You're like, what? Can you hear what we're saying and kind of muffled out the back? Yeah, that first one when they set us right next to the speakers. Yeah. Yeah, We're grateful. The show was just supposed to happen. The universe made it happen. We thank you, Phil. We thank you, Brother Langston. It truthfully has to be our one of our best shows that we've had to date. So Oh man. We thank both of you. That was awesome. Good job. Thank you. (laughs) Awesome. He's handing out awards already for twenty twenty four. Look at you. (laughs) No, we do really do appreciate both of you guys and Phil, I mean, I can't wait to see what the year has in store for us. We got a lot of big plans. We're gonna do some. Uh, we're gonna do some podcasting stuff of our own, talking about some '80s TV shows and some '90s TV awesome. shows. We got all kinds of fun stuff coming. And, and when we get off here, I've got something to tell you. Um, that yeah, the adoption went through. I'm yours. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Your name's Arnold now. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I, I was. Th- <laughs> I know what you said that for now. I didn't mean that. That was different strokes. Yeah. Remember, I worked oh, with Todd shit. Bridges. I always go to the first, my first place is going to be different strokes. Yeah, that, wow. that's wild. <laughs> I mean, that, that sounded bad. It sounded like a prick. All right. Well, I guess I think they're turning off TVs. Maybe we. Yeah, I think. think, think, Oh, it's 5 a.m. Somebody just handed me some keys. I don't know what that's all about. Lock up. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. And thanks, everybody, for listening to the walkout. If you can, please hit the like button and maybe leave us a comment. It'd be really cool to hear what you think, who you'd like to hear more of, who you'd like to hear less of, who you, you know, what you want to hear us talking about, even whatever you want to talk about. Get in there. Get in our comments. Yep. Get up in our PMs. DMs, whatever you want to call it. All right, thanks for listening to the walkout.